Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. Live from the BOD Studios, it is playing and slaying. Tonight is episode 37. Uh, 37 is a unique number. It is the number of times that Josh has gotten a year older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the nicest thing I've said about Josh as we warmed up for episode 37. Probably all year. <laughs> um, so... Back to the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about what we've been playing, hobbying, purchasing, kickstarting, listening to, being geeks about, all sorts of stuff. We're then going to talk about the intern uh, and my experience at NashCon. Went down there with Tom, um, flew in. <laughs> Boy, were our arms tired. And um, we're going we're gonna to talk about always keeping the burger behind the fries. And then instead of our play it or slay it uh, segment, we are going to, uh, of course, since we live in a meme culture, um, do a little uh, <laughs> chain meme type thing that showed up on Twitter recently and talk about our gaming relationships. So we are, um, we are ready. And uh, when you're playing this land, it is important to stay hydrated. So as per usual, let's talk about some cocktails and beer. Troy, uh, you have something that Josh has criticized you for already. Uh huh. It, it is good. I'll, I'll say that. Judgment. That's all I'm getting is judgment on this episode already. No, right? the judgment episode's next one. Oh, I just okay. built oh. the models. I haven't played the game yet. <laughs> all right. Nice. We we're gonna have to get like that symbol drum little um, you know special effect. No, I think no, yeah. I'm not doing yeah. that again. Yeah, because uh, that'll encourage me. Yeah, right. I know. I'm saying Ty's <laughs> on a roll time. tonight. So what I've been drinking is the Blood of Elves. Um, <laughs> maybe not. It is oh. red. It is red. <laughs> um, it is Flamingo Dreams Nitro from Left Hand Brewing, um, and it is a wonderful. What do they call it? Raspberry blonde ale with raspberry and black currants added. So huh. it's a pretty sweet, um, nice. Uh, it's a, like summery beer, so I gotta like drink all these summery beers up before. It is end. tasty. You gave me a sip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look very foo foo though. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, super foo foo. Yeah. yeah, that's like bunny foo foo. Yeah, mm-hmm. little oh, okay, little mm-hmm. bunny foo foo in a glass. Yeah. All right. I like blood elves. It sounds a little meaner, like less foo foo y. But mm-hmm. you know what else I forgot to do is introduce that. Not only is Bryce our intern going to be joining us for the Nashcon recap, he's actually on for the whole dang show again. Whole dang so, show. Whole show. <laughs> so Bryce, how about you tell us what you're drinking tonight? 
I am drinking what you would assume I'm drinking, a Corona Extra. That's for family. Yes, sir. What what kind of vessel are you drinking it out of? A glass bottle. <laughs> Not a plain and slain mug? No, I can't I can't drink from that right now. That's for warm drinks. All right. Uh, Josh, as you sip from an unbranded uh, cocktail glass, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, a healthy pour of Basil Hayden. Oh, a mm. little spicy note to that bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yummy. Basil Neat. Hayden and I once had a good night with Brian Nairo from Anvil 8 Games mm-hmm. at a hotel in Milwaukee. Indeed. <laughs> yep. What are you drinking, Tyson? <laughs> um, I'm drinking Homestyle. It is a uh, mosaic... Uh, I think it's a mosaic IPA, um, a homestyle IPA called Homestyle from Bearded Iris Brewing in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it is certainly a good one. Um, it's not too hop forward, uh, and there's a little bit of a floral note to it. So I'm I'm enjoying it. It's one that uh, Stu had gifted to us in uh, Chicago at Adepticon, and. What better episode than the NashCon recap to be drinking a Nashville beer gifted from the illustrious legend that he is, Stu. All right. So, who's been playing some games? I've been, I didn't realize I've been playing a lot of stuff. So Somebody asked you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Zombicide Invader, which I talked about last episode, but we got that to the table again. Um, it was a real fun scenario. We had to like rescue survivors um, in the space station and the I'm called aliens. I want to say zombies. They're not zombies. They're aliens. Uh, they kind of break in from the outside and we were able to hold them off. But it was I really like the system. And it's interesting, like, again, as they keep revving the rules, it, it's fun. So I think we'll, we'll keep playing it. Like I said, and now I got to keep jazzing it up because I don't want to play with flatboard and keep adding more 3d stuff and uh i need to paint some of the dudes that's i feel i feel like i'm i don't know dirty because i'm playing with unpainted models yet so it's like (laughs) um so i think yeah i think definitely invader is gonna it's gonna find something i think it's gonna have to kind of tag off with uh, black plague because there's still i think there's still a lot of life in that game too Mm. um and then i mean they are just announced uh, i think we knew from gen con that they're gonna do the redo the original zombicide so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they kind of add everything that they know about that zombicide engine and turn that turned the original zombicide into a new thing although although i'm not it's funny like that modern day scenario i'm not that excited about so i don't know who knows i'll see it the kickstarter and i won't be able to restrain myself but (laughs) (laughs) of course of course you won't um so i'll i'll lead in with a a game that i had a chance to play recently um we had a family uh get together with the dks paul and jen so we played uh detective with them and we tried the new expansion the la crime stories um because nicole and i had started the first one so didn't really want to replay the 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 first case um but did the la one it's set in the 80s in los angeles and it's kind of cool how they you log into the database which usually looks very futuristic on your device Mm -hmm. But it's a blue screen with white text uh, to capture that 80s like computer 
and um, the case files, you know, it's, it's, uh, I won't like talk too much about it, but it's a murder that takes place in a hotel and the different LA kind of aesthetic to it. So you're, you're assigned to the homicide uh, case and it's, it's pretty fun. Um, so we did that one, totally botched it, uh, didn't, didn't solve it very effectively. Um, but that's the fun, right? The yeah. fun's just whatever, right? <laughs> Trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then we started to play root, uh, again, um, and, uh, with two vagabonds. So we were playing five players. Um, but we only got like four turns in before the, the kiddo was starting to turn into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So we called it a night, but got to play uh, detective from portal games. And then, um, uh, root from later games that we talked about during our Gen Con wrap up. Nice. So I also had, I was again on vacation and got another family game. And so I got a couple of games that we've talked about before and, and played. So Flamme Rouge, which is the bike, like actual bicycle pedal, um, racing game with the expansions. And we actually played with the latest expansion, which adds weather, weather to it, which was interesting. It, it just adds a little more, a little more flavor. Um, easy to play that with my sister and her husband cause they're avid bikers. So they really, I can get my brother-in-law to totally, that's the one game I can get him to totally play. He's, he's usually a good sport for him, almost everything. I tried to teach my mom to play reef, which was an adventure. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I think she liked it. It took her a while to like wrap her head around the cards. Like the top of the card is what you get. And the bottom card is what you're trying to do. Um, and actually we ended up, well, I guess I was kind of playing myself and actually ended up being, a, it would have been a tie except for, I think, what was the last? She ended up taking one card that cost her, or, or she ended up, yeah, taking a card and, and put a piece down, and I got one more point, and I think it was like 40-41 or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I guess playing myself, it was I got like a tie. Uh, but I shouldn't say it, because she did kind of get a hang of it, but it was, uh, I think it just says something about the game. Like, it, you could, it is kind of a, a gateway where you can get almost anybody to kind of play with it. And then we had a work game day and broke out, uh, coup, which again is a great party slash game, uh, with the expansion. I think we played, we had like eight or nine players. You can like the, out of the box, it's only six, but if you have the reformation expansion, I think you can play They give you enough cards to play with 10 and we didn't ha- use all the expansion rules. We just played the base game, but with more people. And, and I think it, it was fun again for a, a work kind of thing, just over lunch. I think we got two rounds in and people, people kind of enjoyed it. Um, and a little bit with coup and that many people, you do have player elimination. So some, but everybody was always interested in seeing, just watching and the people that were left and how they were doing and who was going to win. So it was, it was a fun time like for, so I, I think I'd still recommend coups if you're looking for kind of that party game for, especially a large player count uh, and it's fast. So, so I think that's, Oh, I have one more, but I'll, I'll save that. And let one of you guys else talk. Yeah, so Josh, do you have anything? I don't want to. No, I uh, just, just just a bunch of family little games. Uh, nothing too crazy. Shoots and ladders and old maid and stuff like that. Just, oh just, yeah, yeah, all the, all the <laughs> old classics. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's been kind of uh, uh, family centric lately. So yeah, we've just been playing small games like that. So. How about you, uh, Bryce? Any anything on, <clears throat> that you've been getting to the table or playing any games? I uh, played a lot of games, but we're going to talk about those later. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, we we will certainly get our fill of Age of Sigmar when we talk about Nashcon. Um, I do want to mention I, I had a chance to get a, I'll call it a game and a half, and that's being generous. It was more like a game and a turn. Um, I 
couple of practice games prior to NashCon with uh, Mark and Isaiah, the the Ram checks. Um, met them at GW, and I was I was borrowing Isaiah's orcs for NashCon. So I never having played them, I played Isaiah and his Slanesh list. Uh, after turn one, the meteors dropped, and we were playing Star Strike. And I was like, well, that's game. Slanesh just, yeah, and yeah. Slanesh had done work yeah. to me, and he had like 48 depravity points right. or something. And I was like, this, this is not going to go well. And then I played against Mark's um, triple uh, Bloodthirster list, and that was that was a pretty fun game. We called it after about three or four turns, but so I got some AOS in before the tournament. Cool. Um, Troy, you've you've got one other title here. Yep. So I did when I was uh, up on whatever vacation. Up, I got my sister and brother in law to play another game. Uh, this is a newer one called Welcome to Your Perfect Home. It's a, a roll and write game, although there is no rolling. So, um, But roll and write games are basically games right where you there's some kind of randomness. You're basically filling out your form, kind of like, um, why can't I think of the uh, Railway Inc. or Railroad Inc. I think oh, we've talked about yep. in the past. Um, so in that scheme of where you have this piece of paper and you're, you're, you're basically doing a lot of simultaneous moves to fill out stuff in your sheet. So welcome to your perfect home. Basically, you have a subdivision. There's kind of like three rows of houses. And then there's cards instead of dice. Um, and then these cards basically give you different house numbers. Because basically the whole goal is to, for each of your things, create your house numbers from least to most, from left to right. Uh, and you score various points. But there's other things than the other side of the cards. Basically, let you do things like build pools, build fences, add a bunch of other stuff that you so you're, as you're drawing um, onto your sheet and those add more points as they go around. So uh, it was a fun, fun little roll and write. Um, I can see why people there's, again, it's all about making like you're making decisions early that you regret later because just, you know, the randomness, you don't, you have to kind of guess and leave yourself options or maybe you don't leave yourself options and the cards never play along. So, um, <laughs> but it was fun. Cause I think there's enough, a lot of good decisions, um, and I say good decisions, just a lot of decisions, and some of them will be good and some of them will be not so good and get into trouble. Um, and a place, I, I think it's maybe 30 minutes um, at the top. I mean, that was probably us kind of learning it and me trying to teach them a little bit too around it. So um, I had heard good things about it, which is why I picked it up. And I think it's pretty, I don't know what the I should look at the I think I can look at the price at some point um, to see. It's about, uh, oh, it's like under 20 bucks. I think you can find it probably. On uh, between twenty and thirty, I think on um, on eBay or or not eBay and Amazon or something. So, and uh, they had at Gen Con. What was interesting is they like it has a big pad of all the different sheets that you'd use. They actually had um, like dry erase sheets that they had at Gen Con, and they sold out. And like I think by the first day, they had a huge stack of them, and like everybody wanted to buy those. And they're like. And they're only because I think they only it priced them at like five bucks for like a set of four or something like that, which is a real reasonable. It was probably they probably could have charged twice that and um and made and still sold them out because people would get them. But it's kind of funny. I could a guy was talking about how the gamers were also like completionists like that because odds are like the pack they give you in the game, like you're never going to play that game enough to use up that pack. But just the <laughs> fact that there were these dry erase there that would never run out that people just grabbed because they thought like that's the, the best thing. But most of those people probably would have never run out of their, <laughs> out of their pad of paper anyway. So 
for interesting. So, so if you're looking for a little, again, medium, medium weight, can I say medium? It's, it's pretty light, but, um, and again, you can play with as many sheets as you want. You basically can, you know, from one to 99, I think is what they write on the box, which is kind of funny, but use the whole pad. Yeah. In one setting, you could just like, and you just have an overhead projector or something to show what the cards are so everybody can see them in your big game gaming hall. Maybe that's it. I could do that because that is an event. Like sell a hundred person event to run the biggest game of welcome to your perfect home. Oh boy. How do I follow that up? I, I'm really not sure. I know how. Tonight's Dungeons and Dragons recap brought to you by Mr. Mephisto at Mr. Underscore Mef on Twitter what happened, guys? I've I've got a few notes. You want me to? I think Bryce should, Bryce always remembers better than any of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't remember we. You you guys finished the puzzle rooms. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Was that? I see. I, that all blends that together. It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This was all in one episode yeah. too. Oh man. It was three three hags. One wait. We have one secret room left to figure out. Right, how to open the or flip the lever. The triangle room. The the triple mage hand. Mm. Yeah, the triple mage hand. The first ever triple mage hand uh, to pull a lever in the grand class <laughs> chamber. <laughs> and then we uh, we battled some hags, made a deal with a hag to tell us some secrets, and then uh, made some questionable decisions to destroy the, what's it called? Soulmonger. <laughs> yeah, you guys... Um... You did make one really good decision, and that was making a deal with the last surviving night hag. I can't tell if you're being serious. Or yeah, 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 no, all right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so you guys got some very good information that if you survive this next fight, you'll need. So uh, it was one of the only ways to get that information to make the, the exit from the tomb um, not it's not that it's impossible without it, but it, it certainly will will help if you take her words to to heart. Um, yeah, and then you guys went into the the um, <laughs> the chamber that had the huge death god elephant sized baby, baby. <laughs> uh, and the the crazy glowing soul um, soulmonger contraption. Did not split your DPS at all. Just went ham on the um, the soulmonger. So then the Atropol was left alive. You severed its connection, though, so it can't heal anymore, but it's at full strength. And then Osirak himself stepped out onto the balcony, said something about foolish mortals as Akachi and Derek hung from the exploding wreckage of the soulmonger struts right. over the lava. Um, and the fly spell ended. On them, mm-hmm. so that's that's why they they ended up there hanging uh, for two and a half weeks since we played. It feels like or two yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my arms are tired. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'll make you roll several um, constitution <laughs> checks for for how long you've been hanging there. And then Osrock started muttering some arcane words, and it um, it got a little sketchy. But we'll see what happens. He's just coming to say hi. Yeah. Tom and I had at least four drunk conversations about how many of us are going to die. Over under half. I think our final answer was half. Yeah. Guaranteed three dead. Yeah. That seems about right. 
I mean, that's that's pretty good considering where you are yeah. and that it took divine intervention to get the effects of the long rest before you went into the final mm-hmm. room because you were out of time. Yeah, that was yep. nice. Yeah. When three gods work together to restore you, it's uh, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> so uh, we'll we see what happens. We have spirits, though. We have, you, what, three spirits to... You do. You do have three... Show their worth. Three of the spirits remain. Um, and... We will uh, we'll see what happens. We're actually going to resolve that conflict in two nights after recording. So, and then, and then what are we doing? And then Saturday, um, we will have a live Dungeons and Dragons session um, at the Brew House here at Brew House Studios, uh, where most of the party will be together for the next uh, step uh, of the adventure after the wreckage that is the Tomb of Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I screwed up the complete party, but I'm sorry. Thanks, Troy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why'd you screw us up? Because I have oh, to. Oh, like real work. life. Yeah, real life got in the way. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, Troy is not the dungeon master of his job, so he couldn't uh, he couldn't GM hand yep. wave to make stuff work. But we will. Um, and usually I don't kill a character that can't make it. So I either got to kill you Thursday right. night or you're safe I'm gonna on have to Saturday. Bob and weave. Yeah. Because <laughs> I try not to kill you if you aren't there. All right. Any other game plan? Otherwise, that'll wrap up what we've been playing. Well, we got to wrap up there. Oh, yeah. Done. And that is tonight's Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition recap brought to you by Mr. Mephisto. Thank you, Andrew. I like that you look at Josh the whole time that you say that. I also like that. <laughs> Shh, it's a secret. People are supposed to think I'm looking at them. All right. How about Hobby? Somebody's got Harder and Steen back up here. Yeah, so I feel so bad that last episode I could not remember the name of the airbrush that <laughs> if you remember yeah. right. And I did put it in the show notes, but I just I think the, you said something German. Right. And the and yeah. this is yeah, and so Harder and Steenbeck is the 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 airbrush company of the really nice airbrushes that CK Studios is is using now and um And you bought one of those? Uh I'm trying to. You're so, trying to. Yeah. Because every once in a while, CK Studios does like a volume order, so I'm waiting oh, okay. for them to kind of do one. Their next one of those, and maybe I'll throw in because they get you a pretty good deal. You'll have to let me know. I'm in the market right now. I'm uh, I'm not. I need a compressor. I have my airbrush that I haven't even. I have an extra yet. one. You have an extra compressor. Yep. Because oh, I, I thought my ex- I thought my compressor broke and it was really a hose problem and so I <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just grabbed another compressor and I'm like you're an idiot like yeah oh man I'll have, well, let's so talk. I have a second yeah. one yeah so that let's, you can let's talk just about, sit in there yeah so. perfect <laughs> looks like I'm gonna have my airbrush station set up for the winter nice fantastic uh, speaking of winter and hobbying and how I should desperately get an airbrush set up. Um, I did start my army build for Holy Havoc. Uh, so Bryce and I will be going down to that tournament, um, team event. Each player has a thousand points and then a warlord. That's like a unique character you make. Um, and in typical Thai fashion, it is involving multiple kits and, uh, lots of conversion work. So, um, we'll see if it happens. Oh, it's going to happen. 
Because you only have six fifty some. I have basically days. two full months. I have all of September that's left and October because the tournament's at the end of October, early November. But it's also a thousand points, and we each picked small armies. Yeah, yeah, it is a thousand points, and it's not a lot of uh, bodies. No. So it, it is it is feasible and, and doable. Um, I do need to order some stuff though, so. Landmine will be hearing from me shortly, and uh, <laughs> we'll see. And there might be a Forge World order in store for me. So, okay, a little later, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about risk. Risk. Well, the risk like the to your game. hobby. No, the risk to your hobby plans. Um, yeah, it's yeah. coming up later. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of landmine, um, I think you and I both got little packages in the mail. From Mini Stomp. I, I hollered at ministomp.com. Yeah. Uh, Warcry. I got a whole bunch nice. of goodness. Did you get the starter box? Got the starter box. Yeah. I got the Corpus Cabal. Birds. The birds. Um, I got the mausoleum set. So I never bought the, the original mausoleum mm. set. So I was like, cool. oh, well, this is the time. And then... Um, Oh, all the the card decks. I got, oh, I got the for the factions. Yeah, cool. Oh, and and the I got a couple stormcast boxes to do a stormcast set too. So, yeah, I got back from Nashcon. I had a second starter box uh, nice. that arrived along with Corvus Cabal, the Unmade, and my second box of Cipher Lords because I wanted a couple of a few models out of that. So, sweet. Yep, I've built one of the sets of terrain. I have to build the other. So, and then I'm, I gave Mark uh, for all of his help that I'll talk about in Nashcon. I gave him the um, unmade or not the unmade, the um, untamed beasts and iron golems from the second right. box. Cool uh, for for all of his help in making Nashcon happen for us. Very cool. Uh, 3D printing. Uh, anyone, uh, Josh? Do you have a 3D printer? I don't. I've been okay. I've been eyeing them up, but <laughs> I have a problem. How about you, Bryce? Any uh, 3D printing at your house? Not at my house. No. No, me, me either. I did have a a huge bin of terrain picked up uh, at Nashcon that Mark brought back from Nashcon in his van for me. <laughs> um, but I haven't been doing any myself. Troy, have you been printing? Yes, and mostly for you guys. So yeah, and thank you, Troy. Okay, have you so bought more printers yet? No, I'm. Uh, it's just a matter of time. I, mostly, I don't <laughs> want to buy it until I have some time. I need to have time to put it together, and and basically, to, I'm like, well, I should really, if I get it, I should really upgrade these things. I've learned enough to like, oh, I should really upgrade these things, and so it's a it's a little hobby project in itself to kind of get the printer up and going. Um, and then I'm actually looking like, well, maybe I should actually get a little shelf unit to like have so they have their own little home and then Do you I have can, three currently or two currently? i have two but one of them is um one of them is down like i i it i need to fix it but i'm actually tempted to not that was my first cheap one um and i'm tempted to not repair that one and just stick money into getting a new one a new bigger one just like the the one i have um or maybe slightly better than the one i have but um, so that's what I'm. T- so I haven't. So I'm really just running my one big Ender three, which is a workhorse and it does a nice job. But so, but printing a ton of the, it's a ton of like that. It's the Warcry type terrain. The the it's the uh, 
printable sceneries. I think they're calling it uh, the ruined uh, uh, town. Not that their own town, the platform stuff, the docks, oh, the things like yeah. that. I think it's walkways or whatever he calls it. Um, so I printed a bunch, some stuff for yeah. Utah, and then I did a whole bunch of stuff for um, for Bryce that I played with, and I looks really cool. I, I had to set yeah, it all up on the table and take a picture for Bryce. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then there was a few, and, and I got a tree. Yep, and they get, and there was a, yes. I had a tree that uh, Josh got, and then there's a big giant. Uh, the first of some giant building for Bryce too that's sitting over here. So, oh, I can't wait. So it'll keep cranking away. All right, so that's uh, that's some hobby from us, Bryce. What about you? What have you been hobbying? It's been a lot recently. I, I last time I was on the show, I talked about how I was working on the and then I played Deepkin at Nashcon and I hated it. So those got put in a box and put in my closet. Uh, but then. I started working on the Havoc Army. I painted two uh, Arachnoroks. I painted four D&D models. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this Escalation League. I should probably start working on that. And on sa- Saturday, I did a nice nine-hour painting marathon where I got ten Plague Bearers painted, and I'm working on a, a Maggot Lord and a, a converted-up Bray Shaman slash uh, Nurgle Sorcerer. So I've been... And I actually started doing this thing, too, where I keep a log. I forget. I saw someone post, like, I think it was Ryan Nickel. Yeah, said, like, he does his monthly hobby. Hours. Yeah, so I thought, like, oh, that's kind of cool. And not, like, to do anything other than keep myself accountable. Just every day I've been writing down how much I painted and just how long it was and, and what the unit was and things like that. So it's, yeah. been, a, it's, been, a, it's been a good way to keep myself going and study oh and the most important thing that i did <laughs> was i bought an everlasting wet palette and it was something i've thought about doing for such a long time and i've always made it out of my little tupperware container with paper towel and parchment paper but the difference that this thing makes is it's just wonderful it's huge it's it's shallow so i don't have to like reach my hand over the lip of the of the tupperware container and it's it is everlasting i've had it uh for six days and it's still like i just put the paint in there two minutes ago it's it's by far the highest recommendation i I can make as far as a hobby utensil i might have to check that out because you sold me you were the one that kind of sold me on wet palettes in general and i started doing the tupperware with a sponge and and parchment paper but i want to check that out and then the hobby journal uh, it is, so that's, that's how I got through my Stormcast project for Holy Wars was logging how long I painted, what I accomplished, and then some notes on the, the layering and, and color schemes. So, I mean, it was very helpful for that. I should probably get back to it, but then I'd have to hobby again more <laughs> and not play as much while, but, uh, yeah, some good stuff there. Speaking of keeping cranking away. Whose Kickstarter addiction is cranking away? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be here all night. Am I supposed? To, I'm supposed to answer now, ain't I? Yeah, oh, well, this, oh, is your, this is your, this is your segment. Oh, yeah. I say. Um, so actually, there are two I'm actually not doing anything with. Probably um, liar. No, Epic Jungle. If you remember, start start, start the clock. So the guys that backing this, right? He has how many days left to back? Um, it is 
Um, well, that's I clicked on the wrong one. So that's uh, Edge of Darkness. That's Edge of Darkness. Of oh, is, so is this Epic Jungle or is this Tiny Epic Jungle? No, it's not Tiny Epic Jungle. <laughs> so Epic is Epic is the the guys who did Star Realms, yeah, the, no, I, the I, deck builder. Yep. Uh, then Epic was is their fantasy version of it. They're doing a whole new kind of st- set based in jungle, like jungle fantasy. Um, and that Kickstarter is either live or going live really soon. Um, I have a bunch of stuff that I don't even, I barely, I, I like Star Realms. It kind of sits on my shelf and every once in a while I break it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I need to buy more of that. But just in case somebody else does. And I think they have that. And then the other one is, um, yeah, Edge of Darkness, which I still have to play Edge of Darkness it's sitting on my shelf. Um, I've taken it out and we like looked at all the m- components in the huge, huge box. Um, but I haven't even got that out. And now there's, they're going to kick off another Kickstarter on the 23rd for, I think the expansion to it. Plus I think there's a, they also are going to, if you didn't get out in the original and you want to get in the original, I think they have a certain number of, of those they're actually doing as part of that too. So cool. And since Elena did all the art for that. Yeah. Good. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I, awesome. I think we we definitely, if you're interested in more about that, touched on it in Gen Con. Yep, yep. last episode. Or at least that we got it, yep. but yeah. <clears throat> All right, how about other items of note and geekery? My wife forced me to go to Ikea over the weekend, <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm getting a death off then, and I got two, so I have to assemble those and put my miniatures in them. Your painted miniatures. The painted them. miniatures, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. That's the, probably the easiest way to win the war against gray plastic mm-hmm. is to set up the cases. I'm leaving mine in box because then I don't <laughs> feel like I have to paint everything. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually totally on board because she's like, the basement is a disaster. You need to clean it up. If buying these shelves cleans it up, nope. then... Don't show her my basement. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, they're uh, they're really cool. Um, I need to build mine and then probably buy another one. Uh, and she got a scoob and a rascog. So a scoob and a rascog. Yep. Man, and Ikea. I got a death love. Ikea, you're crushing it with your random names that don't mean anything unless you speak Scandinavian. Yep. Swedish, <laughs> Norwegian. What is Ikea? Uh, I, good question. Swedish. Swedish, right? Meatballs. Yeah. Are they yep. Swedish? Meatballs. Okay. Yep. Pretty sure. Yep. All right. What is a scoop? You don't know. Do you a even scoop? know what a scoop is? No. I have no, no idea. No. She got a scoop and a rascog. I have no clue <laughs> right. what you want. Okay. Do you have any new furniture that you haven't that you don't didn't recognize? I mean, probably. Okay. Yep. Or you, or you got a new spoon in your kitchen. I don't, it could yeah. be either yeah, one, right? right? It's either a giant bookshelf or it's a spoon. Yep. Yeah. Um <laughs> some I'm going to give a, a disclaimer here before I say something highly, <laughs> highly offensive <laughs> and potentially, potentially trigger somebody. Um, addiction is not funny. It, it's not. Uh, but, you know, we joke about plastic crack and we joke about acquisition disorder a lot. Um, I also had a, um, a battle with video game addiction once upon a time where I played a lot of MMOs massive multiplayer online games um ronda rousey convinced me to play world of warcraft again (laughs) it's her fault it's her fault 
it wasn't the subliminal messages from former uh-huh. guildmates on Facebook Messenger. It wasn't <laughs> anything else. It wasn't seeing Matthew Mercer in the commercial that Ronda Rousey. Yeah, um, but 15 year anniversary of World of Warcraft, they released World of Warcraft Classic. So it's the launched release day one version of World of Warcraft, slow leveling everything. So I, in a moment of weakness, I downloaded it and I said, okay, I downloaded it. I can't play right now. I'm going on a work trip. I got home from my work trip and that Friday night, I paid for a one month subscription and I logged into Azeroth for the first time in years. And, uh, how did it feel? It was like coming home. <laughs> I found, <laughs> I found my old guild. Oasis, the hardcore raiding guild that Tom and I spent like just. I've uh, never seen so much joy in your eyes when you said it's like coming home. Hundreds of hours. Messaged the old guild leader and I'm like, is this is this yuck from Whisperwind? He's like, yeah, buddy, how's it going? And he talked about how he just he turned 50 in real life. This guy. Wow. And uh, caught up on, you know, like 10 years of. 14 That's years of hilarious. life with a bunch of guys started leveling that character. Then Tom and I with Charlie started characters on a PVP server, uh, that we're playing a little bit on. Um, so yeah, yeah. A couple hours each night has been spent on world of Warcraft a couple hours over the weekend. And he keeps trying to talk me into it and he knows I had an addiction too. That's like, that's like a pusher, right? Yep. I'm. I don't know. See, I never. I never played World of Warcraft. Well, that's that's what addicts do. They try to get, get other, other people, people in. Yeah, but I didn't have. Yeah, I just. Didn't. And it's fun. Like when I talked to John, like my brother. Yeah. Who plays? Who's never stopped playing? Like I used they, to play with John a lot. Right, and they play that. So, but I don't know that he's like, as excited about classic because i think because he's never stopped and right. i think and he actually like likes the new stuff and like going back feels like Dude, you're going I, back i logged and in so i created my character and that cinematic hits and i was like this is the nostalgia yeah, factor right. was it's, through the roof mm-hmm. then seeing people you used to play with yeah. remembering the quests as you're doing them again going to westfall and killing like defias for the hundredth time like for you know, just there are these moments and I'm like, yeah. this is, this is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> this is really dangerous. So that's interesting, right? Cause a lot of times the nostalgia doesn't hold up. Like a lot of things, right. You're like, Oh, it's great. And then you go back and you're like, eh, but so it's interesting that it's good enough that it, you're getting the same like adrenaline rush that you did in the past that keep you going. And it, so. It's the grind. It's like yeah. leveling is so slow. Once you hit like level seven, it's like, it's, it's, it just takes a while. Mm-hmm. And, I I hate it, but I am enjoying it. So my find find me on Sulfurous PvP server Alliance side. Knee Stabba is my gnome rogue. Knee Stabba. <laughs> so this is what I talked about was the risk to the hobby for yeah. holy havoc. Well, yeah. Bryce, good, this would be why he doesn't <laughs> yeah, get it done. Yeah. The the good thing though oh, is uh, Sulfurous is often full. Uh, it has a full server, <laughs> so there's queues of like four to five thousand people, just like Vanilla WoW. I mean, <laughs> hour long queues to log in, um, or if you AFK out, hour long queues to get back in. So that's when I got my hobby in last night. I built one one of my models, um, waiting as I watched Critical Role <laughs> to get into the queue to play for a while. So I can hobby one hour each night. Uh, before I play two or three hours each night. 
That's how it's going to happen. Yep. Make it happen, Captain. Yep. All right. Bryce, have you uh, have you tapped into to WoW Classic yet? No. Nothing could convince me to do that. Nothing? That game owes me 364 days of my life on one character that that's, I want back. That's nothing, man. Yeah, that's not enough. Well, yeah. I mean, that's one. I have like 15 of them, all with very similar emotes. I'll yeah, never well, go back. Well, there's always tomorrow. I like <laughs> the outside too much now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what have you been reading or listening to, guys? So I haven't, it's funny, I have, don't have any books on here, but this time I have a couple of audio dramas that I found pretty interesting and kind of stumbled on and uh, and thought I'd share them to see if I found it interesting. So I don't know if everybody's, I, didn't, I had kind of stumbled on Aliens 3, right? Everyone has seen Aliens 3 or not, or maybe you haven't and you've spared yourself from... <laughs> I think from, you made me watch it one time. Maybe, like... Because it is like it's, I think it's basically been like written out of the canon. Like they've tried to like wipe it away with all the newer stuff. But basically, Will, William Gibson, who um, is that necromancer, right? I'm trying to get my. I want to cross my neuromancer. Neuromancer. Got to make sure I don't cross my authors. Neuromancer uh, author. He basically had done a script for Alien Three. Um, that I think there's a whole long like again studio movie making and everything else long sorted history of why that never actually became why they that actually didn't become the movie uh why it was the other crazy movie with the monks and other craziness and <laughs> and winona rider and everything else like that um but basically what they did is on audible there's basically they did an audio drama with michael bain and um I'm trying, and lance hendrickson voices voices characters in that and they have a an audio drama version of the script um, and so it was interesting to listen to. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Uh, when you listen to it, I actually can see maybe why they didn't want to do it as a movie. Cause actually it ends up being similar to what alien, the aliens plot is it. They just continue on basically from aliens, which is a really good movie. So maybe, you know, redoing aliens is probably wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, but it was maybe similar enough that you could see where they'd be like, ah, eh, maybe we want to go a slightly different direction. But, mm-hmm. um, but as an audio drama, that was a lot of fun and it was, and, and the production is really good. Um, and so if, and it's only, I think a couple hours, I mean, it's only like two or three hours. Um, so if you're an audible member and looking for something fun to kind of listen to, I would, I'd recommend that. So. Excellent. I, I haven't been doing a lot of reading. I finished up the third Sandman Slim book, um, Aloha from hell by Richard Cadry. Um, looking for the fourth one. I did recently purchase a book shotgun arcana from RS Belcher. It's like weird West second book in a series started that. And then, um, I've been listening and watching critical role, uh, trying to catch up in the last, um, last week I've gotten through 14 episodes. So I'm up to episode 50 right now. Um, you know, one each way on the plane trip on my work trip. Um, (laughs) part, part of one each way on the Nashville flight. So like, you know, a lot of listening time on airplanes, um, but really enjoying it. Uh, they're like level 11 or 12 characters now, so it's kind of exciting yeah. stuff. Um, they just had an encounter, a massive puzzle with a sphinx. Uh, that was pretty cool. So there's there's some really cool stuff happening there, and I, I want to finish that so I can start in on season two. So I'm, I'm just under the halfway point. I think it's 120 episodes in season one, roughly. So trying to get caught up there. 
You could do both seasons in parallel if you really wanted to. Like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have some serious confusion as to they're different what's characters. Happening. It's like watching two TV shows. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so I'm counting down the days. September seventeenth, uh, yes. Joe Abercrombie's new book, A Little Hatred, mm-hmm. comes out, which. Um, I tried not to read too much about or previews or anything, but I, I did learn recently it is a new world. It's not uh, it's not set in the world of the other books, so I'm pretty interested to. Um, I heard the if you want to get a dabble, I believe the first chapter is out on somewhere, one, like either the publisher's website it's or Orbit, something. Orbit Books, I yeah. think. Is, yeah. Is so I think it, you so. can read the first part yeah. if you were to get you hold you over until the 17th yeah because that's gonna go right but to the I, top of the list yeah i pre-ordered the uh the hardback um or the hardcover mm-hmm. so pretty excited for that one and that that'll tear through pretty quick um one thing can i add uh watching yeah the, the boys mm. yes on amazon yeah so good so if you haven't seen it check it out it's real good yeah that's all i'll say cool yeah, I need to sketch up with that. Um, and then something I stumbled, another audio drama I stumbled upon on basically on um, Spotify on there. It's just a podcast, but it happened to be, and actually it's sponsored by Stitcher, <laughs> which is another podcast thing, but it showed up on my Spotify as a recommendation and I checked it out, was uh, Wolverine the Lost Trail um, by Marvel and Stitcher. Uh, and it's uh, like a 10 part audio drama, like half hour episodes with like a commercial break in the middle and that, but the production quality is like super. Who voices Wolverine? Uh, Richard Armitage, Armitage. So okay. I, I think the name's familiar, but I'd have to go look yeah. him up to see um, that. Huh. And actually he's, a, a sm- I mean like Wolver- it is Wolverine, but he's probably a, a smaller character and he's not like, it's not his point of view a lot. It's usually the, it's the point of view of two FBI agents investigating some stuff up in alaska so has it's super dark <laughs> like very you know, very dark um i would you know it's probably like i mean the language is not like r-rated but all the the stuff going on is can be is pretty pretty intense um and so i i, I got sucked in and there's actually a second season i think that comes out in the next um that's out right now i believe um and I think it's called uh, the Lost something or whatever, uh, or the Long something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think the Lost Trail might be the second one. The Long Night is the first season. Um, that, yeah, the Lost Trail is the current one. Is the new 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 season that's out. And I haven't listened to that, but I just finished up the the recent episodes. So again, nice little car filler. Um, and just uh, what sucked me in is that yeah, the uh, the story is pretty good. It's interesting. It takes some different turns. Uh, I have to give them like the writer's credit because trying like an audio drama. It's interesting. Like how you need to think about you're doing an audio drama so that it makes sense because there it isn't there's not like a narrator character right there's just you know audio dialogue between characters and so they do a lot of things with flashbacks they will do things with technology like sometimes there's like uh, a camera they're watching something else and they'll cut to that so I think they did a really nice job as as writers to figure out like hey here's the story we want to tell now how can we tell that story in an audio drama format that sounds kind of cool? Cause I think some of the, like sometimes the GW ones have, I think have fell down a little bit because I think the writers didn't quite think about how do you do this as an audio drama where you don't have to have somebody describing, Oh, look that 
explosion looks really big and blue you know i mean where they over they have to kind of over vocalize and describe sure. what they're seeing and and somehow make it more natural i think they do a really a nice job with this of making it seem natural and using some tricks to kind of describe what's going on as well as some really cool sound sound engineering and stuff so so i'd say check it out it's again maybe not for everybody but i thought it was pretty cool and if you like marvel stuff you like wolverine you'll you'll like it cool i know um Bryce, you're a big Marvel guy. Have you been doing any reading, watching, listening? Maybe picking up, you know, Wolverine, the the Lost Trail as well, or anything I, else? I will be checking that out. I haven't, I haven't that till just now. So thank you, Troy. Um, besides that, I started watching Glow, which <laughs> nice. is a woman's wrestling show on yeah. Netflix, and it's it's, it's great. quite entertaining. Yeah. So I I just got to season three um, of that. So that's been what i've been watching excellent all right well we're going to take a break and maybe watch a few episodes of something or read a few pages <laughs> of something uh but when we get back from that break we're going to review our experience at nashcon um an age of sigmar tournament in nashville tennessee uh hosted by the uh the wonderful and handsome david griffin so we'll be back uh, shortly talk about nashcon And welcome back to the show. It is now time to talk about NashCon 2019. Um, so, so first, what I just want to state is NashCon is actually a historical miniatures gaming uh, convention <laughs> set at a uh, Marriott Hotel south of Nashville in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and each year at NashCon, uh, there is an Age of Sigmar tournament. This was the second year that... Um, Bryce and I traveled down to it. Uh, they've been running the AOS tournament there for three years. I think the first year they had under 30 players. Um, last year was, I think, around 40. This year was just shy of 60. And David Griffin runs that. Um, and it, it, we'll, we'll talk about the tournament structure and format. Um, we'll talk about kind of what we played and a uh, brief overview of our games and how everything went. But I think first, since we've got Bryce on, it's important to talk about the uh, the trip itself, the extracurriculars, and the, the two days leading up to the tournament. Because we actually uh, flew in on Thursday morning, and it was a unique travel experience. Um, Tom and I caught a flight out of Milwaukee that we were fully expecting Bryce to be on with us <laughs> that flew through St. Louis. Bryce came down the night before to crash on the couch for a few hours. Um, but Bryce, what, what happened to your, your flight? Cause you did not come with us through St. Louis. Yeah. On the way down, I got a, a phone call saying, Hey, you need to change your flight for work. And I said, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> uh, and they said, no. So, uh, my flight got changed to, uh, what, five, 6am flight into Kansas city. And if you've ever flown in the Kansas City airport, you understand completely why this was a miserable experience. <laughs> if you haven't, let me just say they don't—they don't have like LED screens or anything. They hand change their boards for their arrivals and departures, so that it's like Wrigley. They have to go and put up numbers for the time the flight's arriving and departing, and if it's late, they have to walk over and change a number by hand. 
Yeah, so I hung out there for four hours on a conference call for work. What what country is Kansas City in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Third world, I think, at this point. Um, so yeah, so that surprisingly only put me about 25 minutes behind Ty and Tom getting into Nashville. Yeah, so Tom and I uh, had a brief meal in St. Louis at Chili's. Uh, Tom had a beer. I picked his brain on how to most effectively wah as a Iron Jaws player. Uh, then we got on our flight. We arrived in Nashville. We had time for a beer and then to stake out a spot across from the gate that Bryce would arrive at to photograph it as he walked off the, the plane and, and saw us. So, um, and then from there, we had the greatest Uber uh, driver oh, of yeah. my life. Uh, Walter was a um, retired U.S. Marshal. Uh, living in Nashville now from West, somewhere in West Texas. Uh, talked with that Texas drawl. Um, talked about his eight months that he spent in Big Lake, Minnesota, where he got stationed as a U.S. <laughs> Marshal for a time and learned what winter was. Um, it was it was just outstanding. The guy was, it, he was like a, a character from a, a TV show or movie. It was <laughs> Walter, the retired U.S. Marshal. Um checked into our night one hotel uh thank you to bryce and his points um and then free night from there we decided to find food and there was a little irish pub uh a a real short walk uh and we spent several hours there um watching the bartender drop pepper shakers (laughs) and drinking a lot and eating food until anthony polcastro arrived Anything else noteworthy of, of Franklin Abbey, the little Irish bar we spent the afternoon at? Nope. You're killing it so far. Oh, man. Um, but that night we were gearing up for a one-shot Dungeons & Dragons uh, adventure with Austin Fletcher. So one of David's buddies from college. I was coming up from Alabama. Uh, Stu... Um, Giant among minis on Twitter, uh, just an incredible, incredible gentleman and fan of the show. Um, and then Anthony, along with Tom and Bryce, and I was going to run it. So we did some uh, some shopping for beer and and booze. We picked out Goldschlager. If anyone rolled a natural one, they had to take a shot of Goldschlager <laughs> during the one shot. And then we gathered for D and D. And Bryce, I'll let you talk about D and D. Because it was um, nothing at all like I had planned it was going to be. <laughs> well, the, f- the first, what, 45 minutes approximately were uh, Stu's character. What was his name? Balazar. Bal- uh, Balazar. Talking to me, who he referred to as Fishman, uh, the... Southern. I don't even remember what I was. I don't think I cast this as a cleric. You were right? a druid. No, I was a druid. druid with the worst rolled stats in probably the history of D anD D, other than Anthony's. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first forty five minutes were uh, Stu and I role playing, talking about chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, Stu's backstory was he uh, he murdered his entire entire tribe uh, in a blind rage that. What came about him from a curse that was put on him? It, yeah, his his barbarian rages were triggered by a chicken, living chicken, fried chicken, anything, and he killed his entire village when he saw a chicken and went into a frenzied rage, like a bloodlust. Wow! So he wouldn't trigger rages unless he saw a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Austin, I don't think, knew what... Fletch didn't know what he was getting into. Um, <laughs> Tom was a gnome necromancer who rode on the shoulders of the half-orc uh, <laughs> fighter that Anthony played. Anthony didn't want to roll his stats and take a lot of time, so he just I let him roll a d20 for his stats. Mm. <laughs> so he had a two intelligence, a four wisdom, and I think like a six charisma and a twenty or a like twenty two strength. Those were because he added racial modifiers. And I asked for character names, and he looked at me and he went, "Uh," <laughs> and I said, "Got it." Uh. <laughs> so Tom's gnome rode on on his shoulders and directed him where right. to go, go and what to do. He had and put two intelligence when they were in town because he had a two intelligence. Yep. <laughs> so you see where it started. Uh-huh. And hold on, gnome necromancer. Is that what I heard? He was a gnome wizard, but I think he said he did necromancy. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. It was it was weird. Everything was so weird. <laughs> Uh, and I thankfully I had only written like maybe a page of notes and set up like four or five scenarios and um, we got to one. Uh, yeah, we got <laughs> yeah. to one. We got to one of them in four hours of <laughs> game time. <laughs> An hour and a half spent like prepping for the adventure in the city, like encounters with a book dealer and like uh, wanting to visit a brothel and like it, it just. <laughs> <laughs> It got it got off the rails quickly, but then they um, they met the the quest giver, and that was an interesting encounter. And then they headed off into the desert where shenanigans happened, including a fight with jackawares and um, a traveler that was lost in the desert. I mean, there were some good moments. Uh, Stu um, had Bryce's druid cast find animals and found a roadrunner, like a desert bird, that was two miles away. And then he ran through the dunes to find the desert birds. So that was one of the detours from the plot um, to go kill the the desert chicken. I don't even know what else to cover. I mean, that's was, pretty much it. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a deliver a Pasha's like estate to this oasis home that they were making, and I had these different side plots like a Lamia lair and everything, and. We never, we never got there, <laughs> but a ton of fun was had and a ton of laughter. And it was, it was, um, you know, six guys that had never played D and D together. Um, Anthony, uh, and Fletch have played some D and D. Stu had never played. I don't think D and D really before. Um, and it was just getting into it cause he was going to start a new, a new game. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and that brought us to Friday, where we helped set up and then had some really good food. I don't remember much of Friday. Bryce, do you want to fill in the, the blanks? Anything of note? Uh, four meat plate. That's really all I remember. I was in a meat coma that day. Oh, yeah. We went to Jim and Nick's uh, barbecue, where we gone last year. Bryce avoided the cheddar biscuits for the most part. I did mm-hmm. not. That was smart. I ate a lot of cheddar biscuits and then a lot of meat, like a ton of meat. So much. Meat. Yeah, we just kind of hung die. out too, and chatted with everyone as they came in. Yeah, as people that showed was the up. Nice part, right? Like we're not tired, we're not rushed, we're just hanging out, saying, t- having conversations with everyone when they come in. Um, and then Saturday's where the tournament really kicked off. So, should we um should we get back to just the format of the tournament? Would that be beneficial to review? Yeah. Um, because it is a little unique. So, um, Nashcon 
is a two list tournament. Uh, so last year you brought two lists and the only requirement was they had to be from the same grand Alliance this year. Um, the change was the two lists that you brought had to be from the same, um, allegiance. So like if you bring Stormcast Eternals and it's Celestial Vindicators, I think you had to bring another Celestial Vindicators, like even to the Stormhost list. You couldn't bring like a Night Haunt list and a Legions of Nagash list. Like that's what I did last year. I brought like two death, different death lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and the list only had to be different as far as you could swap out an artifact. You could change, you know, one unit of 10 guys to a unit of five and bring another five man unit. Um, so it didn't have to be like distinctly separate lists, but two lists, and you had to play each of them at least once. So you were guaranteed to play each list at least once. Um, some people use this as an opportunity to, you know, build the counter meta list. Like, oh, if I'm going to hit Flesh Eaters once, I want to have a list ready that has more shooting than, you know, my, my other list may have, something like that. Um, and then it, I think that created a pretty different. Um, meta. Some people brought two truly different, unique lists. A lot of uh, there was some some variety there. Um, so even though there was sixty players, you know there was, if you think about it, one hundred twenty different um, lists that you could you could be up against. And you'd present both your lists to your opponent, and then when you saw what they had, you would choose yours. They would choose theirs face down. Or you would just know what you're going to play in that game and hand your list to them if you didn't want to <laughs> do do all the formality of the the choice. Um, so that's the two list format. And then the other thing that's different is unlike some tournaments where everybody has the same secondaries to choose from or hidden agendas. Uh, there's a deck of twenty six, I think, schemes that are like secondary objectives. Um, and at the beginning of the tournament, you go up to the table and you randomly draw six of them. You have to use five of them in, in your game. So last year was seven, and you keep five. This year they made it harder, and you drew six, and then you had to choose five. So everybody had a chance to have you know, a different combination of, of schemes to use, and you had to choose one like during setup of the game and try to achieve it, then hand it in. So you couldn't choose the same scheme multiple mm-hmm. times. Anything on format lists or schemes? Can you um, guys do you remember what your schemes were? That because that I keep hearing about it, but I, I I can't wrap my head around like what they actually were, or just or just like a rough idea right, yeah. of a scheme. Yeah, or Bryce, so if you I remember have, yours. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I oh, go ahead, Bryce. I, I had, I think I can remember three of them. One was pick a piece of terrain in your opponent's territory, and at the end of the game, have a unit within three inches. Uh, one was have a wound or more allocated to every unit of your army at the end of the game. Uh, another one was the curse, which uh, you picked a unit at the start of the game that was the cursed unit, and if it slayed a unit, it would pass the curse on. And the goal was to not have the curse at the end of the game. Yeah, so you'd mm-hmm. tag your... I have that one too. You'd choose your unit, go in, kill something of your opponents, pass the curse on. And then, and then, and then to avoid, and then that unit it. couldn't kill one of your units. Otherwise, it would, yeah, or be or, killed, or be killed, killed or by by so like all oh, those. Yeah, okay. you. Tra- I charged something in that yeah. I knew was going to die, got killed, yep. it got the curse, yep. and then I just avoided that unit yep. for the rest yep. of the game. 
And then, like, your general dies. Uh, I think that those are the four I can remember of yeah. the six, I think. And I, I had the Tomb King's Curse. I had one where a unit that retreated had to be destroyed. It could be yours or your opponent. So if you made a retreat move at any point, um, that unit would have to be, a, like like, destroyed. So I charged in with a unit retreated knowing that it was going to die and then charged back in like uh, another subsequent (laughs) turn uh, to get it killed. Um, There was a bodyguard. The one I didn't uh, use I knew was the bodyguard. I had to take one of my heroes and always keep it within three inches of my general. And if the general survived, you achieved it. Or if they both were on the board and they never had moved further than three inches apart, so my general's on a maw crusher that I'm always moving around a ton. My other heroes can't move that fast. I'm like, this, I just can't get it. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out a way to to get my other five, right. which I ended up getting, which was um, surprised me and I think everyone else at the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got all five of my schemes. So, And they were they were secret or mostly secret? or They were secret. Yeah, they were all secret. Right. You would reveal them when you achieved it. When you achieved okay. Yep. I was saying, I was saying when you achieved it, because that way, because like you said, you would forget like that yeah. I charged that or whatever at the end of the game. Okay, so yeah. that makes sense. Um, so it, it, there was a, a a few really crazy ones, a few that are like pretty common secondaries, um, but it, it definitely adds a wrinkle, and you don't really know with that many. It's almost impossible to know what your opponent's yeah, scheme is. You're not really countering uh, them. Yeah. Whereas like in a standard tournament where you're picking five out of six or you know what they are ahead of time, you can kind of deny if you if you want to or mm-hmm. um, you know block in some ways. So schemes were really cool. And they were worth a lot of points. I, I mean, I Nine. had a minor loss with a scheme and I scored more than my opponent who got the minor no scheme. Yeah, so major win was fifteen points. A scheme was nine. Um, the minor was was the minor. I think it was eight. Eight. I don't know so, if that makes any sense, but I think yeah. that's what it was. So schemes counted a lot. So if you got all your schemes and you won, you know, three games, you'd be better off than somebody that won four games with no scheme. Like mm-hmm. they they mattered Pattered. to get. Mm-hmm. And created differential right did they, yep. did they spread the nice and spread the points yeah. interestingly <laughs> I, for, I forget what david actually said but he, he mentioned that that he didn't have to go um to any of the tiebreakers for the best in faction mm-hmm. or the top of the tournament and in a 60 person tournament you where you're guaranteed to have two five and oh players um that point differential actually would usually be required to go to a tiebreaker um, and he didn't have to use any tiebreakers for any of the the top um, spots. I'm kind of cheating because I think he said that on the stream is where I, I think because oh, I, I think he when he was interviewed that mm-hmm. he mentioned that that so, was one of the reasons why the, the interesting part because I think Rob had asked him about the schemes and uh, the you know, Houdinannies as yeah. Rob and Jacob <laughs> called them. Uh, so that that's one other thing. Uh, there's two other details that really set Nashcon apart from other tournaments I've participated in. Um, other than like the uh, you know the venue's typical hotel ballroom, you're packed in. It's a little tight. Got real warm in there. Must have sweat out ten pounds. Um, <laughs> but um, the terrain is it was fantastic. It was a ton of three D printed terrain. Tyler Emerson from Scrooby and uh, Scrooby and Wells brought in some tables of terrain. Paul Castro had been feeding David stuff throughout the year, and David <laughs> painted at a furious pace with some help. Um, 
So every table is just beautiful. And ahead of time, they set up acrylic terrain markers mm, that yep. Anthony had printed. Yeah. So you didn't have to roll or generate the, the random um, mysterious mm-hmm. terrain for any of the tables. Uh, so the terrain was fantastic, looked incredible. The ter- it was marked uh, before you even stepped up mm-hmm. to the table for what it was, mystical, you know, volcanic, whatever. Um, and then the Honest Wargamer. So Jacob Berry uh, had reached out to Rob Symes because um, they were talking about streaming NashCon, mm-hmm. the AOS event, and Rob and John Scriven. So Scrivo was uh, in Canada doing a 40K event the week before, and Jacob said, push your flight out a week, I'll fly you down, you can stay at my house. And so Rob uh, Symes and, and Scrivens yep. were there, and the, the setup was one of Jacob's friends. I think his name, Bryce, was it Colin? That was his setup. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, for streaming, uh, they used, and then Jacob and Rob called it, and Scriv was the like the table okay. jockey calling, you know, to the the guys uh, that were that were actually broadcasting mm-hmm. what was happening and answering questions and feeding them information. So, um, and they streamed all all five rounds. Um, they didn't always do top table. Uh, the first day, they did just some unique matchups, and it. It made for, if you go back and, and watch it, it made for some subpar um, playing, but good learning moments. And it was kind of like seeing um, a lot of mistakes, more than oh. you usually see when you're looking <laughs> at the top table game. But I you know, I, I think you saw some cool-looking armies, and you saw some people that don't usually get get on the stream. Yeah, it was cool. like, Tanya stream. was on, I think the first day was cool to see her on there. Yeah, then, so uh, Tanya then, played Thomas... Um, Thomas King, a free guild player. You don't see many free guild players now. You will soon when Sidious yeah. is out. But uh, um, Thomas is a wonderful dude. I played him round one last year, and I had the privilege of playing him again this year in round three. Uh, he's a Packer fan that lives in Nashville. Um, just a uh, just a fantastic guy. Um, so, all right. Trying to think if anything else. I've set the scene for the weekend, the tournament. Should we get in the games played or any questions about NashCon? How before? did your how did your armies fly on the plane? Oh yeah. So <laughs> most important detail. Yes. I had mentioned that earlier that I, I gave Mark some sprues for his help. Yeah. So Mark Ramchek was driving the the van uh, with Isaiah, picking a few people up, picking picked up Tanya and Christian Ware in the Chicago area and drove down. Um, I actually borrowed Isaiah's Iron Jaws. Bryce borrowed, was it Deepkin? Yep. And then I met Mark a couple days before with Tom's army in a bin with all the dice and player aids and stuff. So they they brought down everything we needed in the van, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, just to not have to worry about that, like flying down, having two days in advance to hang out. Um, It was super cool that that Mark uh, hooked it up and uh, the Ramchecks, you know, let us borrow their stuff. And brought brought Tom's uh, Tom's orcs down. So um, I don't know if they listened, but it, it meant a ton just to have that uh, you know that help and that um, <clears throat> like just how cool our community is. You know, Mark's everybody's Warhammer dad, and it's like <laughs> uh, you know. And as we handed more stuff to him at the end of the weekend, the take home for us. <laughs> um, but Isaiah flew home Sunday night, so Isaiah Mark took Isaiah and Tom and I to the airport on Sunday night as Bryce drove to a work engagement in uh, in Georgia, um, yeah. and then uh, you know got 
got Isaiah back to Milwaukee, where his, his mom met him at the airport because he started school the next day, yeah. uh, <laughs> that Monday. Oh, that's true, yeah. And I had to go to work the next day. So we got in at like a little after 12 on Sunday <laughs> night, Monday morning. But awesome that they did that and couldn't have happened without without them uh, assisting us and lending us stuff. So games played, Bryce. You wanna you wanna zip through your five rounds? Yeah, I'll just go through them really quick. We don't have to go into a ton of detail. But my first game uh, was was against Stu. I, I grudged him, and it was absolutely everything that I hoped it would be and more. Um, it was great to play D and D with him the night before because I kept calling him Chicken Man and he kept calling me Fish Boy, and we <laughs> you know, just had a great time. Um, second game, I played a gentleman named Brandon. I think it was his first uh, tournament. I know it was it was really new, and uh, he was playing Flesh Eater Courts. Uh, it was a super close game. I ended up losing uh, on turn five. Uh, to a tie, I think we, t- yeah, we had tied on points. He he took the objective on turn five, and so I got a minor in that one, minor loss in that one. Uh, game three, I played against Matt, and I don't remember Matt's last name, but he was playing Stormcast. He's the one that won um, best order. Was that Pashby, Matt Pashby, or something yeah, like that? yeah, yeah? I charged uh, fifteen eels into a Star Drake and managed to do fifteen wounds. For those of you who don't know, eels do about, you know, 40 to 50 wounds a turn, and I did 15 to a Star Drake. And Star Drakes have 16 wounds. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep, so that, yeah. that happened, and I lost. Uh, and then <laughs> game four, I got to play Hobby Bear, uh, Brendan, and his Flesh Eater Courts. So that was two Flesh Eater Courts on the weekend, and I lost. I would say that was the least resemblance of a game of age of sigmar i've ever played uh just was over on the second turn there and i don't i don't know what i could have done um did he just scream you off with bravery no no he just it was i forget what mission it was i think it was oh poap yeah so yeah he just got the objectives and i he screened off his entire backfield so I couldn't come on the edges from the very beginning. And that, so I had to deploy the eels on the table and then I couldn't get to him. And then he just won. <laughs> Basically, like I couldn't, he charged and I didn't get to charge him. And if you play Crystal Gore, if you don't charge them, they charge you, you lose, right, Josh? Yeah, that's how it plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Game five, I played against Nick True with his Slanesh. Um, in turn, end of turn one, he had seventy four depravity points. Whoa, that's a lot. That was a lot. It was, it was, the first time I think ever that I had Mike Butcher Warhammer face. <laughs> I was just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt really bad. I was like, I, I was kind of frustrated with the weekend and playing an army that's not mine and uh, we can I'll talk about that more later but I I just was I went full butcher for a turn and and it was funny because I saw butcher this last weekend and and told him about it but <laughs> so I ended up one and four on the weekend and and didn't win any trophies I'm like someone else yeah so Jake LaCour from Detroit won uh, best overall <laughs> finished five and0 round five he beat Sean Clark so it was a Detroit off for the the championship um, but that wasn't on the stream 
No, no, it wasn't. So round one, I had a grudge match against uh, Fletch. So Austin, uh, David's, David had reached out a few months back when he knew I was coming and said, hey, it's my buddy's first tournament. Um, he's playing Stormcast. You got, would you mind throwing down with him? I know you'll give him a great game. Like, and I said, David, absolutely. Like, that would be fun. You know, I'll, I'll pass up grudging Anthony or some of the guys I know. Love meeting new people and playing playing games. So, um, Fletch and I, having played D&D the night before, had a pretty leisurely couple beers, you know, um, cocktails. Started started off the, the weekend right. Um, I, Jacob, buried him, though. So, I'd been planning on playing Stormcast at NashCon. And I showed up with an army that wasn't Stormcast. <laughs> he had been, been playing a, a Stormcast fight. So. But you didn't rap about it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I did yeah. not rap about it. Um, I just showed up when he was expecting a Stormcast, a Stormbro fight, yeah. and gave him Iron Jaws. Um, and I, I brutalized him with a turn one wah, got in there and just kind of smoked him pretty hard. Um, and hit my scheme. So I'm max. I line up round two against Tyler Emerson. Uh, Tyler and I have never had a chance to play each other, so it was super fun. He's a very cerebral, thinks through, talks you know, about what's happening on the table. Um, and we had a really close matchup, uh, but round two is after lunch. And um, I received some lunchtime coaching for the mission, Duality of Death, uh, which ultimately resulted in I needed to keep my sandwich behind my fries. So the plates on lunch... <laughs> Had my sandwich, you know, chunk that was left, and some French fries, and that was the line. And you get the French fries out to the objective, and wait with the the sand the sandwich behind them, and not get the sandwich in front of the fries. Because if you overextend in duality of death, you can get um, knocked off both objectives. Um, Tyler hung in there, did a great job. I got super aggressive and launched my sandwich over my fries in turn one, wiped out some stuff. Forgot that he has the Celestine Prime, an ability to shoot a lot. So the Prime uh, came and cleaned up the objective after my Maw Crusher got shot to pieces by the, the long strikes, the Judicators, everything. Um, and lost that game, but hit my scheme. So I'm on a major loss. One and one, both schemes accomplished. And I learned a very valuable lesson about uh, sandwiches and fries. <laughs> which which is incredibly important for later in the in the tournament. Uh, they often say like you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins, and this was truly like this is where that I had that aha moment, um, and it and it clicked like what I did wrong. Round three ended the day against Thomas King and his free guild. Um, this game was crazy. Uh, have you guys seen the movie Zulu, where like mm-hmm. the tribal yep. warriors charge yep. the the like fort of the British yeah. and they're it's shooting, a great, shooting, great shooting movie. Waves, waves of these yep. warriors come. That's what it felt like. I I rushed my orcs across the table, hit them hard, wiped out two units. Well, then the gun line opened up on me, and I was running away. So I got the objectives early. I scored a bunch of points. And then I, I just I full on retreated my hard boys that I had launched across the table with the hand of Gork. I just ran back for four turns, like not letting him engage me, staying <laughs> out of range, scoring my points on the other objectives. By the time we got to turn five, I had screened and gotten back to a way where he would have had to have tabled me in round four and taken all four to win. He tabled me. He would have tabled me in five, but we didn't play through it. Um, so it was two and one. All schemes accomplished. Two major wins going into round four, uh, where I lined up against um, Andrew Heggie, Mister Mephisto. 
in places of arcane power. Now he's playing Nagash. We stayed up very late Saturday, all of us, <laughs> um, and drank a lot. And uh, I was a little slow Sunday morning. And this was the game I, I needed. Like it was a very tough game, and it was a very like close game where I had to do a lot of thinking and positioning. So I kind of sweat out my hangover and thought like <laughs> thought it away. Um, I boxed him in early. I brought Nagash in the combat and held there for two turns, which was enough to score the points. Where then I could start moving back. So even though bottom of one, he handed he handed dusted my mock rusher. I had a shaman run up and claim it in turn mm-hmm. two. So I I had my points, and then it was just hold out long enough to to grind out a win. We got through turn three, um, and he's like, I, I can't do it. Like I, I won't. I just I can't score the points. And I said, Well, let's let's see how turn four goes. And I. I managed to screen and get a union position, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna clear you off." And once again, I would have got ta- like tabled with hardly killing anything the way legions regenerate. But deployment and positioning, playing the objectives, I, I won that game. So got my scheme, sitting on three and one. We go to lunch. Bryce goes to get his rental car. Lunch takes forever. We're rushed coming back, and we're walking down there. And David comes into the hall. Uh, as we're walking in and I'd set my stuff up on table four where I knew it was going to be playing. Uh, and David goes, dude, you're on the stream. And I, I think I pooped myself. Um, (laughs) Instant nervous anxiety. Like just, it was crazy. I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. People are going to make fun of me for making (laughs) shitty moves and not knowing how to play the game. I'm playing with an army that I, at this point have played five and a half games with, um, (laughs) borrowed army so it's not even my stuff i'm like this is this is gonna be a hot mess and i'm up against another iron jaws player we're both uh three and one we're sitting on the same number of schemes and we're on the stream and uh it was it was wicked um trying to explain i i deployed in a so it's knife to the heart where you you got to have both objectives at any point in the third battle round. It's like or sudden later death, to win. right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And orc versus orc, this this could be a bloodbath um, if we both got aggressive and you know first guy to like roll poorly, it's over for. I castled up though, and he gave me the turn. I stayed mm-hmm. in my castle, kind of built a little bubble, and then I let him hit me. And uh, he he charged and so my maw crusher cleaned up a unit that he had teleported at twenty hard boys. And I left the Maw Crusher off to the side a little bit away from my big unit of Ard Boys. And I, I set a trap. Um, he charged my Maw Crusher, didn't bring my Ard Boys into combat. If I, he kills my Maw Crusher, if he gets priority, he can charge the Hard Boys and I'm in a really bad position. But my, like, my Maw Crusher's down. I have my 30 Hard Boys, my Shaman. I win priority. And on the stream, if you watch the game, Jacob calls it for what I can do to win. And Rob says, no, Mike's going to win. Ty can't get this. The turn before I'd been on his side and I was eyeing up a back stretch okay. of the table. And I'm like, I, I think I can get my unit here. You yeah. can't pre med Cause if I measure it, it like gives it away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so right. I'm eyeballing it. I'm like, I think I can do this. Um, I get priority. The spell goes off. I go and measure and I have room for my 30 yard boys. Mm-hmm. I need about a five-inch charge plus the four inches I get to get it. Um, I roll boxcars on my charge, move my units in, keep the brutes that he had near the objective out of combat, 
Um, Which was key. Yeah, I mean, it, it. they kill a lot. I don't know if they kill enough no. to, right, to swing but it, but it was like... It's a, still, like, it, you, it you sealed did, it. Yeah. it. That was, like, a really smart play of yours. Like, um, it, it, Jacob was actually saying it, um, and I, I, you probably couldn't hear him, but... No, no. He, he, Afterwards, I listened, Jacob's like, oh, Ty's going to bring the brutes in. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, literally, he says that, and two seconds later, you're measuring it, like, just to make sure that you're out, and he goes, oh, that's a really smart play, and I'm like, yes, Ty! <laughs> So my my guys are there. I've got my scheme because more than 50% of my army survived. Um, And if you control both objectives, that's it. Game over, yeah. So he saw it. I saw his jaw kind of go drop, and we shook hands, and then that that was it. And it hit, and I was was kind of in shock. Like, I just won a huge matchup on table four on stream with a couple hundred people watching it like i commented i've never played on a table higher than 10 in round five of a tournament uh but you know i i learned a few really important lessons this this weekend about the army so i've played against iron jaws a lot so it was it was easier to kind of adapt to playing it um and i did the objective game i i didn't kill much of anything i just zoned out deployed um, and charged at the right time, the right units, the right places, and played a really un-Iron Jaw-like um, <laughs> mindset, <laughs> uh, but played kind of a control and contain um, style of game with, with the Iron Jaws. So I won. I was 4-1 and one with four major wins and all five schemes. Uh, there were four players that got all five schemes, tiebreakers, tournament points. So Jake took the super schemer home because he went 5-0 and oh and won it. But... Between that and a couple of favorite opponent votes, I ended up in second overall, and I won Best Destruction. So that matchup against Mike and Mike Oliver in round five was for Best mm-hmm. Destruction. Uh, so yeah, second overall was pretty crazy, That's and awesome. I got a cool dagger for my uh, Best <laughs> Infaction. Brought my dagger along. So, but yeah, that was that was my NashCon experience. Um, well done. I just yeah. love the the picture that I don't know who it was Bryce or Tom that sent it of Ty after the after that game five. It literally looked like he had gone five rounds in the UFC. Like <laughs> <laughs> like his hair is all messed up. He's like looks like he's drenched in sweat. Like you think you have a towel over your I was over your shoulder. Brought, I'm like it I looks like one of the hotel uh, <laughs> towels down because it was I was so hot. And I was sweating out, you know, alcohol and the, the anxiety and the stress was real. Like round five was the most stressful game of AOS I've played. So like when I got that and the game was over, it was like this relief, just like (laughs) it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So super fun. Um, and I, I didn't really broadcast my desire this year to like play better. Um, but I, I'm usually pretty down and saying, Oh, I'm going to go one and four. Um, you know, I, but it, it was a really good feeling to, to get some some really tough wins. I had some favorable matchups, um, had some favorable uh, battle plans, and that, that certainly helps. But so like put it all together for a weekend, mm-hmm. which usually I'll put it together for like three games and then tank on two games <laughs> or something. That was was pretty cool. So um, Twitch, Honest Wargamer, you can go watch the, the games. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely support Rob and, and what he's doing there. Um, a lot of what he says in his his uh, you know his handbook, his Honest Wargamer book to to getting good at Warhammer is uh, is pretty useful about learning from your losses because um, 
in round five, I talked about positioning my maw crusher as, as bait, really. And he took the bait rather than attacking the scoring mm-hmm. unit. Got a little aggressive, and that's what gave me the chance uh, to win it because I was I was on the ropes. He when he uh, when his mock crusher punked my yeah. mock crusher. That was like I needed him to do it, but I was terrified that if I put myself in that position and I didn't get priority or I yeah. didn't. Well, get I think the and you held off. priority the whole game, right? You, yeah. Like he that also like that you never got a double turn like yeah. in the whole game, and I think that mm-hmm. really helped. I mean, it only went three turns, but still, like if there would have been a double turn in there, who knows what it was going to happen, right? Now. Yeah. So, so not only though was I the best destruction uh, in the tournament, I was the best war boss in the Tepfer family. That we <laughs> <laughs> uh, so finished significantly better than Tom, but Tom did provide a lot of coaching and a lot of help, as did Bryson and others uh, throughout the weekend. So, and I would, and I thank Tom for having the playing and slaying shirt on when he does make appearance at the end of game five on the stream. <laughs> yeah. And Rob actually reads his shirt like, hey, that's a cool and playing like, and slaying I'm, guy there. Sure. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. And so. Tom realizes he's on the stream and like, ducks out. <laughs> so, but I get, we gotta give Tanya, he's there for product placement, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Bryce, any any other final thoughts on on NashCon? Just a thank you to everyone again. I know we we mentioned it, but David, who we talked about it last time, had a kid. What eleven days before the yeah, event? eleven or twelve days before the yeah. tournament, and still was there. And Mrs. Oh, Griffin I mean, for letting David be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fletch and Anthony and Stu. I mean, we we've expressed our gratitude to them for all the hospitality and camaraderie throughout the weekend. But I mean, if it wasn't for that, NashCon wouldn't be something that we go to every year. I don't think, I mean, it's just a Warhammer event. If you take the people away, it's the people that make it worth it. And those people are absolutely awesome. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that Nashville crew and and the folks there and then Jacob and Joe from uh, rage of Sigmar, like there, it's just a cool crew down there and there's a lot of Midwest people that made the trip. Um, but it, it's also a community that we don't get to interact with a, a whole lot other than on Twitter. So it was really cool to, to see everyone again. All right. So that was NashCon 2019 age of Sigmar tournament. We are now going to take a brief break, uh, and hopefully have another beverage when we get back instead of player slay it tonight, we are going to talk about our gaming relationships And welcome back. It is now time for our gaming relationships. So this was a, a, a meme, I guess, or a picture I saw on Twitter. And I thought this would kind of be a fun little little topic uh, when you don't do the homework and have a player to slay it ready. Sometimes you need a little filler. So <laughs> this, is, this is our version of a write and roll game for the podcast. So we're going to talk about our gaming relationships. Number one is our soulmate game. Number two is our best friend. Three is a game we have a crush on. Four, a game we're curious about. Five is a game we used to date, but recently we've grown apart. And six is our worst enemy. So I'll start it off with number one, the soulmate game. This is, you know, the game that's always been there, always will be there. Uh, For me, my soulmate is Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. As much as I've played other RPGs, Pathfinder, Mage, whatever it's, it's been... 
D&D is the one that, you know, I have very fond memories of and a, a special nostalgic part in in my life. So Dungeons and Dragons is my gaming soulmate. Troy, who's your gaming soulmate? We're going counterclockwise? Yep. Oh. Giving Josh a little extra All right, time. I'm not even going to... You guys can just guess. What do you guys guess I think I put? 40K. Space Hulk. Space Hulk, see? Space uh, Hulk, yeah. There, I, th- I figured there'd be no no doubt on that one, so... so yeah, Space Hulk is your old faithful. Yep. Yep. For... 30 years yep oh man (laughs) we've john and i I, almost 29 years john and i bought the original set in 1990 at gen con you've been playing space hulk longer than bryce has been alive (laughs) hey now i'm 31 in two days (laughs) (laughs) all right bryce what is your soulmate game uh it's not it's not as long term as as troy's but aos is without a doubt my soulmate it's gotten me introduced to some of the best people I know and, and been in an escape from some things that you don't want to deal with. So if it wasn't for AOS, I wouldn't know the three of you. It's very mm-hmm. true. Very true. And deep. Josh, are you <laughs> going to go deep on your soulmate? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a game I've played for a very long time. Uh, Magic the Gathering um, is my soulmate. I Like we don't, you know, we're not always together. But we reunite <laughs> quite a bit, and uh, you know we're, it, you know, we just fit like a glove. Uh, that's that's touching. Yeah. All right, number two, the best friend. So the best friend uh, for me is is going to be Age of Sigmar. So it's a newer relationship, um, but certainly you know when I think of the AOS community, it is a number of. of really incredible friends and people. So to kind of Bryce's point about the community in the game, it's, it's maybe not soulmate level for me, um, but certainly a best friend who I would spend quite a bit of time with um, and always enjoy picking up where I left things off with my, my AOS hobby projects or tournament going. So that's my best friend game. What about you, Troy? So this is where I put Warhammer. 40k, right. which I've actually been playing longer probably than Space Hulk uh, since in early days. But yeah, it's just been there for forever uh, through different things. Uh, I played with you know my brothers and everything else, and all the people I've met, and like you guys, like that was our original like game that yeah. got the Basement of Death together was the common um, common love for 40k and everything else. So so that's the one. Yep, that is my best friend game. And I kind of have is like a newer best friend is kind of been <laughs> the the Zombicide games just because those have been around for I don't know the last whatever three or five years I guess that Zombicide's mm-hmm. been out. But I think again that one that we just comes back to the table over and over again and, and we have fun with. So mm-hmm. so sorry I had like two I have two best friends. Can you not have two best friends? <laughs> no, that's fine. two BFFs. Yeah, like. that's fine. Um, just don't tell the other one. Uh, <laughs> Bryce, how about you? Best friend game. Uh, mine mine would be Risk. It's like one of those best friends that you might not see for five, six years, but when you get together, you just play all night long. And <laughs> it's a game that I've, I've always loved and love playing. And every time you play it, it's something different and new. And that's just it for me. Love it. Um, I've often thought though Risk was a game where you lose friends when you play it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your best friend game? Well, I'm gonna pull a Troy and have two best friends. Um, oh man, you guys and, in here. And well, so 
you stole mine. I was gonna I was gonna use AOS. You can um, use AOS. But I also want to throw D and D in there. Okay. So um, we've been playing a lot of D and D lately, and I've been playing probably more D and D than I have AOS lately. So um, yeah, that's those are my best friends. All right. Number three is a game you have a crush on. Um, so th- this one's actually kind of kind of tough for me because I have a few, but I'm I'm kind of hot and cold with some of these. So um, I'm going to go with the current crush, and that is certainly Warcry. Um, really excited about it. <laughs> really into it. I don't think it's going to last long, but like I want it to. So we'll see. Um, but Warcry is certainly what I have currently a crush on. And previously I had a crush on uh, Gloomhaven. That was a big crush that I had that maybe, you know, someday I'll foster a relationship with it again, but you son right of now, a bitch <laughs> right now. Warcry is in my, my crush, uh, crush status. Troy, what do you got for your game? You have a crush on. Uh, so crush, I went to some old ones that I'm always like, I think I really like these, but I never get to get together with them. And sometimes when you do get together with them, you're like, eh, maybe they actually weren't as good as I remember them or they're as good from a distance. So, um, but so I put Dead of Winter because I think that game is still has, there's always been some, sometimes some unique play experiences that, that happen with Dead of Winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still versions, like I, I think I still have expansions that I haven't played of that. Um, so I have that in there. And then I also put like Kemet as an honorable mention. Oh um, yeah. There is again, as uh, just that. Never, I think every time we play that, we've had, had fun with that, but mm-hmm. it never like, we're always like, we should play Kemet and never, never gets to the table. So <laughs> always like, yeah. yeah, from afar. I'm always <laughs> like being a, yeah, taking care of it from afar, but never able to actually get together. So. <laughs> never consummate your relationship. Yeah. I gotcha. Bryce, what game are you crushing on? So this is like that crush you have in fifth grade where you go home and tell your parents about how you just met the greatest person in the world and you're going to be <laughs> together forever and never stop loving them. And uh, it's D&D. Nice. <laughs> nice. Think about it every day. Talk about it every night. That's all I want in my life. <laughs> just hope D&D doesn't friend zone you, right? <laughs> uh, that's what the kids are saying, right? Friend zoning? Friend zoning? Okay. Is yeah. that still a thing? Yeah. All right. Josh, what well, are you crushing on? So we've only hung out a few times, like, you know, a couple, once, once or twice here and there. Um, but uh, I'm very excited uh, when I get to hang out with Gloomhaven. You stole mine. Yeah. Well, no, that was my old crush. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it's, 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 it's a really great game. Um, but I, I just don't, I just don't know her well enough. So, um, just kind of crushing on it right now. Excellent. All right. And what game are we curious about? Number four is, is curious about, um, so this, this one is, uh, kind of surprised me when I thought about it. Um, I'm curious about kingdom death monster, uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, Gen Con, walking by the booth, seeing all the models, understanding how complex and deep the the gameplay experience is and the different campaigns, that that is certainly one where I'm like, I wonder what Kingdom Death is like. Mm-hmm. And then I see it, I'm like, oh god, four hundred dollars? That's an expensive. <laughs> that's an expensive question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kingdom Death Monster is is certainly my curious about game. Troy, what about you? Um, so I just put LARPs. 
LARPs. <laughs> I'm always like, I'd like to play a LARP, but I don't know if I really want to play a LARP. I don't know. Um, so I put LARPs. And I also, I, and the other one, because I, I can't just put one for these, um, I put I put Twilight Imperium because I've never played Twilight oh, Imperium. Yeah. Oh, really? But I'm all, you guys are always like, yeah, play that. But it takes eight hours. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm curious, but I don't know if I'll ever <laughs> do it. Yeah, it's a lot, but yeah. it's fun. Oh, boy. All right, Bryce, what game are you curious about? Uh, I went with the Marvel game. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I've been in love with Marvel my whole life since I, as long as I can remember being able to look at pictures and I just want to paint them. So yeah. Marvel is it crisis protocol. Yeah. Yep. 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 From atomic mass games. That's coming up sometime in the fall and winter schedule. So yeah, that, that does look cool. All right, Josh. So, so I'm always curious about um, Star Wars IP games. Um, and, you know, they're hit or miss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I've seen some Star Wars Outer Rim, and I'm curious to play it. I, I don't know if it's going to, if it has legs or not, but I'm curious to try it. So that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's not something I have to be uh, invested in, but I'm curious. Well, if it helps, if you buy it, I'll play it. All right. Cool. All right, number five. This was a tough one. This is a game you used to date, but you recently grew apart. Recently is an interesting word. I mean, a few years, a few weeks. Um, I almost said Gloomhaven because, you know, it's, it's just not looking good to get it back to the table. But the game that really fits here is Warhammer 40K. Um, mm-hmm. used to have a very uh, deep relationship with 40k. <laughs> we uh, spent a lot of time together, you know, shared a lot of really fun memories. Um, but now we don't. There's still don't a lot of pictures talk. around your around your basement. Yeah, yeah. We just we don't talk anymore though. And 40k went its own way. You know, Eighth Edition. I went my own way. Age of Sigmar. Do you, um, do you still have 40k's number? Well, yeah, and a lot of miniatures and bins um, or boxes, you know. I mean, what's the difference? But, yeah, Warhammer 40K is the game I used to date but recently grew apart. Troy, what uh, what, what do you got? Um, this was the easy one. Actually, this is the first one I was able to fill out in the list, and that is X-Wing, the X-Wing miniatures game. God damn it. I'm so mad. Because <laughs> I, 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 I am. I was seriously invested in it. I played, yeah. played, and actually played in a couple tournament, a couple tournaments, and competitively. And but once, like towards the end of the first edition, I was kind of getting not playing a lot. And then once they announced the second edition, I've had like zero desire to put anything. And I've actually been selling off stuff and just I, I actually just threw away like a whole bunch of the cards and paper from the first, just like to make room as I was cleaning out and stuff. So yeah, X-Wing is definitely my, uh, my, uh, breakup game. So <laughs> Bryce, how about you? Any games that you used to date, but you grew apart from? Yeah. So I thought about this one in just a little bit different of a way. Um, and I thought of it as like a game that I was really excited about. And then I got everything for it and the game ghosted me and I never got the chance to play it. Um, <laughs> that works. The game broke up with you. That was Frostgrave for me. I remember okay. at Nepticon 2016, I think it was 16 or 17, Keith, Tom, and Dave and I all were all in on Frostgrave. We bought the books, we bought the models, we had plans to play, and we never played. Not a single time. 
If if it helps, I'll play Frostgrave. Yeah, I, I bought saying, the books. Bryce, I'll play with you. Yeah, I have the rule book too. And I had I a really love, super yeah, fun experience with that at Gen Con last year. Like it was really, really fun. I'm curious about Frostgrave. We'll help reunite <laughs> we'll help reunite you with Frostgrave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Josh, how about you, man? You still <sighs> recently grew yeah. apart. So again, my answer was stolen, but I used to date X Wing. Um I was into it. It was we were good together and then uh x-wing 2.0 came out and i got real upset and (laughs) he burned his stuff on you uh, yeah i'm gonna start (laughs) i actually have it all stashed and i'm gonna yeah have like a burn party or something i might keep all the miniatures just because they're cool but yeah like i'm i'd like to melt all the dice the rock paper scissors eight-sided dice with blank faces (laughs) you gotta make a blank face in your game you're doing something wrong right Dice, not, dice results matter in a dice game. Yeah. Even if it's like a dash or some, something on, on the face, right? Mm-hmm. What about True Dungeon, though? That's where I thought you were going to go. Oh, that's so when good. You groaned, when you yeah. groaned about X-Wing, I thought, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. True Dungeon's like a that's, more bitter breakup. You know, I never thought about that. You know what? I'm changing my answer. <laughs> so, yes. True Dungeon. You used to date. You I didn't just even, edit that other part out. Yeah, just take it out. Um, <laughs> True Dungeon. We used to date. We were hot and heavy. And it was serious. Yeah. yeah. It was serious business. There were rings. I spent a lot of money on her. Yeah, rings yep. were purchased. Yeah. Rings, multiple rings, um, jewelry, <laughs> weapons, <laughs> armor. Cloaks? I I got her cloaks. Yeah. You had a pretty good divorce attorney though. Yeah. I I think yeah, I mean it ended up it ended up in my favor. So I got half of her. <laughs> so No, it was good. I mean I yeah. And every once in a while you get back together and have uh relationship though. Mean, just like yeah, that I mean, kind of that, you know, after you break hey, up then you listen. I mean what I do on my own time. it was never worth it. Yeah. Right. What a, yeah. self-loathing. It's called Game Hole Con. Right? Game Hole Con, yeah. We yeah. meet up once a year, Game Hole Con. Oh man. Mm. All right. Now maybe maybe the most fun one on this, yeah. this list is number six. This is a good one. And that is your worst enemy game. Hey Ty. I think that we should let Josh go first because it feels a lot like high school where you stole all the ladies from him. <laughs> you didn't go to our high school. All right. Um, so my worst enemy, and I think you can all agree, you probably are not thinking of it, Oregon Trail. <laughs> Fuck that game. Fuck that game so hard. I was so nostalgic and excited about it. And then I bought it. We played it. And God, it was that, bullshit. That card game was oh, trash. It, it was, was such garbage. It was the worst game oh, ever. Yeah. I'm, well, and, you know, shame on me. I see it at Target and I buy it, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, just garbage. All right, Price, what do you got? So mine's a very specific worst enemy, and it's not to offend Troy. Um, it is competitive 40k. <laughs> nice, because it is everything in the hobby that I dislike. Mostly gray plastic that's allowed mm. to be played, or pieces of paper cut out and glued to bases, or cubes of like certain sizes that they say are models. I just can't stand it. It makes me so sad that that's part of our hobby. <laughs> Oh, you need to find a better competitive scene. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I would agree doesn't. with you if that was that. Yeah. All right, Troy, your worst enemy game. Um, so I had a hard time with this one, but there's I, I 
picked up kind of a smaller board game, but I just remember having terrible play experiences with it, and that's King of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It was a game that has a lot of hype and people or whatever, and I've just every time I played it, I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I, <laughs> so I King of Tokyo, which maybe is an unpopular choice, but I got that in my collection. I know I won't. I would. I wouldn't play. It. I would. Play I wouldn't. It. Play. I would play. It. I, would I would play it, but I'd complain when it went south. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson. So, I have, I have two worst enemy games. One is a game that nobody ever told me I should have avoided because it was a classic and a family game. But now, when I realize the the what it was built around and how terrible it is, it's Monopoly. Monopoly to me is like the worst that games are that was sold to everyone as this like incredible experience, but the game itself is absolute trash. So monopoly is, is one. And I know I've been pretty judgy towards Josh when he's shared the fun he's had playing monopoly in the past. (laughs) And like, like like, not recently, no, no, no. And, and I mean, that's why it's one of my worst enemies. The other is, is, uh, recent within the last year. Um, I was introduced to this game and I, I despised it at first. Then I came around on it. Then I realized again how much I hate it. It is Keyforge. Um, <laughs> Keyforge is terrible. It is not balanced. It is. Uh, it's like buying a lottery ticket and then putting it on the table in front of you and calling it a game. Um, it's just bad. The art's bad. The naming conventions are bad. The rules on the cards are bad. Like nothing about it is a good game. Worst enemy, worst game ever, Keyforge. Can I just share that before we started recording, <laughs> you had said I almost bought a, a deck of Keyforge at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, yeah. This keep, past week, keep yeah. your enemies close and uh, your friends farther away than your enemies. I don't know. Yes, no, it's awesome. That's but no, because I saw the new expansion, I'm like, oh, maybe there's good cards in there. Then no. I could win a game. <laughs> Because all you need is good cards. You don't need to actually know what the fuck you're doing. You just, yeah. you just put good cards down and win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keyforge. Keyforge. We'll give you that one. Yep. All right, Troy. Worst enemy. No, that's it. I got oh, it. it. I got it. You got yeah. It. I forgot. All right. <laughs> he, was, he was. We so went back to rage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got consumed. Yeah. But we should finish. Consumed. Do we have a positive? We should finish on something positive, though. Not my Keyforge rant? No. I thought that was pretty positive. Well, hey. That was positive. I took yep. second overall in Nashcon. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yep. You got a dagger. Got a dagger. Yep. A big tub of 3D printed terrain from Anthony. Really good food. We had where did, did you guys talk about where you actually went to eat at Nash, in Nashville? So we had Jim and Nick's uh, barbecue. We ordered what pizza. What was the breakfast place we went to? Um, the lunch? The lunch spot. The Frothing Monkey. Yeah. With the Barry family, the Pagano family, Rob and John, Colin and his girlfriend, Anthony, and the three of us. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a little cafe, sandwich spot. Um, we had. We went lunch out with everyone. On Saturday. What was lunch on Saturday? The hotel lobby restaurant. Oh, yeah. That was a miserable experience. Sandwich, sandwich behind the fries. Yeah. Life lessons, but terrible service. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that night we went out with a, a group um, of people from the tournament. Where'd we go? Yeah, we went remember. to the burger place. The burger. Oh, yeah. A burger place called like Ground or 
yeah, beef or ground. Grind That's all it was. Beef. Was ground. <laughs> ground. <laughs> yeah, um, it was actually that, really cool. They had like you could build your own crazy burgers and sat outside and yeah, small place, pulled a bunch but, of tables together and like Vince and Tyler Emerson and um, Jacob Burleson joined us and then Jacob showed up. So a bunch of the Milwaukee guys. It was cool. So I noticed uh, you didn't bring back. Uh, Tournament worn underwear for me from Jacob Berry. I told you I wasn't. I told you I wasn't going to. Yeah, still disappointed. Didn't ask Jacob. Got a lot of Jacob Berry hugs. We spent a lot of time, you know, real close proximity. Mm-hmm. Got his musk. Might even be on this shirt still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then leaving town, we had the best meal of the weekend. Oh yeah. Um, Tupelo Honey Cafe, I think, was the name of it. Something like that. Uh, and they had the world famous chicken was how they advertised their chi- like world famous chicken. I had the fried chicken. They put in this like milk gravy and then roasted root vegetables and like a sage and honey like. It, it, and then I had uh, the au gratin potatoes with biscuit crumble in the cheese. So, like absolutely incredible food. The fried chicken was out of this world. Bryce, you had the hot chicken, right? Yeah, I had the hot chicken, and it it was undoubtedly the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. So their advertisement did not lie. I would I would highly I was so sad we didn't go to Bishops, and I was bummed, and I I just kept thinking, why didn't we go to Bishops? And then we went there, and it redeemed the whole trip for me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those meals sitting around with Christian and Tanya, Mark and Isaiah, Tom, Bryce, myself. End of the end of the trip. I got desserts, and Mark had told the waitress that it was to put a candle in mine, and they said happy birthday to celebrate, to celebrate my birthday. So I had a candle in my banana cream pudding. There, is that a positive? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. All right. See, that was the other thing that was making me jealous of. The thing about being on the stream, like, I'm like, oh, these guys look like they're having a lot of fun, and then I'm also like, they're probably eating at some really cool places, too, that was also making me jealous, so. Yeah, Nashcon is one of those tournaments that if you get a chance to make the trip, I think you should do it because there's there's it's a different scene than you know our local. There's some really good food. Um, next year, it's going to be in I think in June. Um, this year, it had been moved due to some venue scheduling, um, but a, a bigger venue. I think they're out in uh, is it Murfreesboro next yep. year. Um, so it'll be bigger and better. Uh, David's going to keep doing it. Um, pretty exciting stuff. But in the meantime, we should wrap up this show. We should talk mm-hmm. about some upcoming uh, BOD events and news. So end of October, Dragonfall uh, is actually the same weekend as RockCon. So that's October 25th through the 27th for Dragonfall. There's a AOS doubles that Friday. There's a 2,000-point GT Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then RockCon has a whole um, table full of RPGs and board games and and that that tends to be a historic tends to have a historical miniature focus too. But there's a little bit of everything there too. Yeah, in in Rockford at the end of October. Um, then the the following weekend is Gamehole Con uh, that starts October 31st, runs through November 3rd. Um, Gamehole Con, I think this is year six or seven. You're seven, seven, seven. Um, but, uh, you know, Alex, uh, Alex Cameron, those guys just do a fantastic mm-hmm. job bringing in people. I think, 
I think that some of the critical role folks, mm-hmm. um, Mike Cole, Pat Rothfuss, you know, a bunch of authors, different industry folks come in, which is crazy for a small convention. Yep. Chris Perkins, Chris Mike Perkins, Mike, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's adventures league running all weekend there, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and that is in Madison at the Alliant, uh, energy yeah. center. Um, that same weekend, uh, Bryce and I have talked about our armies and hobby progress and stuff for Holy Havoc, uh, team tournament, uh, that Steve Herner puts on. What's really cool recently, if you follow Steve, um, on Twitter and it, what is it at, at Holy Hammer, is it Holy Hammer Hearn or, yep. mm-hmm. um, he's been doing Holy how to's yep. on his new tables, like the, the black sand texture and some other stuff. I think he, this week he's working on the marble. The marble was pretty cool. His yeah, marble recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been doing some, some videos that are actually really good. Um, he, he's been testing around with like some streaming. He's been thinking about doing that or YouTube or something. And, um, Seeing seeing in his uh, mad scientist lab laboratory is pretty cool. And if, several months ago, I was looking for a good marble recipe, and I looked all over and I couldn't find a really good one. His is awesome. Like that's I, I could do. Like if I had the talent, I, I would totally do that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. What's cool? What's cool awesome. is I have a feeling it's going to be something that it takes some time, but it's repeatable. Yeah. Um, and the way Steve does stuff is is usually very, um, very well thought out and yeah. strategic, in that he can then repeat the process pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and with terrain, he's very good at giving instruction. So, yeah. I'm excited to see that one this week. Totally. So that's holy havoc in November, and then there's nothing until the spring. You skipped one. You skipped our most, uh, our the one that's coming the soonest. Oh my goodness! Circle City got deleted oh, yeah. from the list. Oh yeah. We had it on there before. Somebody advanced the fall on me. Um, Circle City Clash, a team tournament in Indianapolis, Indiana, October 5th and 6th. I think there's eight or nine teams, two juggernauts from Detroit, couple, well, Milwaukee's kind of split. I think there's two and a half teams from Milwaukee, um, a few Chicago area, and then uh, there's some spots yet to get in on that. It's at the... Drury Hotel in Carmel, I think north side of Indianapolis. Um, but uh, Sporadic Mike on Twitter uh, the, and Dom, those guys are are organizing it. We're going uh, team team New Filth, Tom, myself, um, Dave Nordstrom, and Bryce. So we're all and Odin's the captain. And Odin, yeah, <laughs> I forget what it actually is. It's something something featuring Plain and Slan, Wisco Kings featuring Plain and yeah. Slan. Uh, is our actual team name so yeah thank you for that reminder bryce Mm -hmm. earning your paycheck as the intern (laughs) all right well that is uh certainly the end of the events coming up um but hopefully you all find a, a way to to game and have fun um stew when we're at holy havoc you'll be getting married congrats buddy uh early november very excited for you um your uh, picture of your suit interior was yeah, yes. absolutely incredible. Um, but that that will be the event of the century when, when Stuart walks down the aisle. So, <laughs> all right. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like us. If you don't, you know, just go on your merry way and continue to download. Uh, contact us on Facebook, Playing and Slaying. Facebook page needs some love. It's, yeah. We should almost delete it and just do Twitter. 
We gained some Twitter no, followers. We can, we can, we'll fix that. All right. Uh, at Play and Slay and Show on Twitter, though. Um, come and join the uh, the Century Club. We're over 100 followers now. Pretty cool. I think that's double what we get for downloads. Uh, website, <laughs> basementrundown.com, um, where you can find all of our episodes and other musings of a, a hobby legend, the bodfather himself, Troy Weiss. That's basementofdeath.com. All of our emails that we don't think function, especially intern at basementofdeath.com. Still, still uh, no emails. Please, please send him, <laughs> send him a message so he knows please. that he has an email account. Um, and uh, yeah, so once again, thank you for listening. Always a joy. Keep the dice rolling. The drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. Can we don't do video with Bryce? That's right. Bryce can see us, but we can't see him. Oh, can you see us? I can't see you. Oh. Why don't you? I thought it was a video call. Why don't we? I mean, if Bryce has real internet, he can do video, and then he can feel like a... Like I'm part of the family. Mm Mm-hmm. You are, Because you'd be like a big... And we should just blow him up so his head's like that big. Do you see us now? (laughs) Oh, I can see you. How about that? Look at that. All right. How so, come we can just see us? It's like we're talking to ourselves. Well, you all reasons. There we go. That's better. Nice. Hey, Bryce. Uh, yeah, hey. Now it's like I'm really talking to someone. Yeah. <laughs> we can't see you. What's going on? Well, Bryce yeah. is naked sitting yeah. in front of his computer. Right. And he puts a yeah. piece of tape over the camera so that the NSA can't see him. I only take it off for 30 minutes a day. And that's when that's when he's participating in Warhammer Weekly. They don't hear him and acknowledge him, but he talks right along with them, wearing a tinfoil hat every Wednesday. How f- that would be fucking amazing if somebody thought they were the third host of Warhammer Weekly, and they just talked along with Vince and Tom. That in itself could make a great YouTube video. My guest spot on Warhammer Weekly, and it's me and like a. Dirty wife beater with a tinfoil hat on, and they keep talking <laughs> and over they you, keep talking over me, and I'm like, let, just, just Tom, Tom, just let let me explain, Tom, quiet. <laughs> <laughs>